Welcome to Toolbox and Testimony, the podcast meant to equip you with tools to help you navigate Christian life and to encourage you with stories of God's faithfulness. I'm Tanner Van Beek, campus ministry worker in Des Moines, Iowa. Hey everybody, welcome back to Toolbox and Testimony. This is episode 7 of season 2, and we've got a testimony episode for you. So my guest here today uh, is Trey Newman. He's a senior at Drake. Um, Say hi, Trey. (laughs) Hello, everybody. (laughs) Introduce yourself, please. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm I'm Trey. Um, Like Tanner said, I go to Drake. I'm a senior at Drake. I'm from Minnesota originally. I graduated from Matamidi High School, Matamidi Zephyrs. Um, Been at Drake four years now. Been involved with Campus Fellowship, our ministry on campus that Tanner's also a part of. Um, for all four years, more heavily involved, and I've been a leader for the last two years, but um, I was pretty involved my freshman and sophomore year too, and I'm sure I'll get into that in my testimony as well, but yeah, that's a little bit about, about me. Yeah, yeah. so you you came into Drake, and it was like right at the tail end of um, when, you know, I, I think I had just transferred to Bible college, and so I never really like got the chance to know you well, actually, super well. Funny thing is, the timing of it was the first midweek I was ever at was your testimony. That oh, I didn't even know midweek. that. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. I went. It was at the Agora, and I remember it distinctly that there was Tanner Van Beek walking up on onto the Agora platform there. And um, yeah, I, honestly, that was a big. I don't remember exactly what you said in your testimony. I do kind of remember the story, but I remember that was like. It was honestly probably the first time I'd heard somebody really be open and willing to talk about like their own sin and their own struggle. And I, all I know is that night it had a, had a pretty big impact on me. So that's like a that's a cool experience. So uh, lately we've been having our midweek worship service at our church downtown because of COVID. We haven't been able to do that kind of stuff on campus. But normally the midweek service would be on campus because it's a lot easier to invite people to something that's like. 20 steps away than like a 10 minute drive um and on drake's campus there's like this like common area um you know outside called the agora which is like i think that's greek or something and it's got like these it's got like these cool looking like greek pillars and stuff and so that's where we would normally have like our first midweek outside um and yeah that's just really cool but even though our midweek's been inside it's still been really really great this year we had a, mm-hmm. a service last night um our friend ben shared his testimony and and there's there's a lot of people there that got to hear the gospel is awesome yeah yeah <laughs> um but yeah i i feel like i got to know you quite a bit better this last summer yep um during the summers our campus ministry does this thing called slt summer leadership training and that's just like um I don't know how do you, how do you describe summer leadership training? Yeah, more or less, it's it's honestly kind of a continuation of our our campus fellowship normal activities into the summer, but really with an emphasis on just building up and strengthening leaders. Where we have our still our Thursday night services, but we bring in a speaker from either from our church or from another church to come and talk about some series that we're doing, and then we have smaller Bible studies where it's usually just, I think we were, we were in a Bible study together this summer, but there was, um, I think five of us or six of us in it. And, 
that was yeah. that was awesome. It was really sweet. I, I still remember you talking about God's kingdom in one of our Bible studies, and I'm huh. like, "Who is this guy? I like hearing him talk." <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, how about you just share? Um, your testimony, the story of how God's changed your life, like just whatever you want to share, like in that regard. Yeah, yeah. So, I suppose for me the story, I mean obviously for everybody, story starts growing up, but for me, um, I grew up in a Christian home. My parents are both Christians. They both love the Lord and love our loved our family. Um, and basically grew up every week knowing it was important to go to church and went to church every Sunday. We went to a small church in Woodbury, Minnesota. Um, and I remember, I don't know, lately I've been thinking a lot about just, yeah, ways that God changed me. And I remember pretty distinctly in like sixth or seventh grade, um, having a conversation with a friend of mine thinking, how could God, or, or no, how could I love God more than I love my family. I remember, I remember that being a, a pretty distinct memory I have, um, and I, just, I didn't understand. I didn't understand God's love for me. Um, I just didn't understand the, the depths of the gospel. I suppose you could say. And so anyway, I got to high school, and it was in ninth grade. Still thinking that I was a Christian. I was an FCA leader and was involved in a Bible study before school and. Uh, went to youth group and did the Christian things and looked like the Christian um, on the outside. But then I remember uh, it was around that time that I first started really struggling with sin in my own life, or at least sin that I was aware of. So before then, I know that I, now looking back, I struggled deeply with pride and um, greed and just a, a desire to be like a love of, of people and their opinions of me and stuff like that. But Ninth grade is the first time I really started being very aware of my sin, and that's because I started struggling with sexual sin, um, as well as just this, like, I suppose it probably went deeper, my desire just to be wanted and to be liked by my, my friends. Um, so kind of got very uh, much entrenched in my sin freshman year of high school, sophomore year of high school, and I suppose junior year it really started to boil over where... Um, I was very much addicted to sexual sin and to, um, yeah, just just this um, this pride of, of wanting people to to love me and to um, yeah, just to desire a relationship with me. And then um, that year, I just remember having a really really hard time where I really struggled with some of my friendships um, with people. I felt like I was. Uh, not doing anything right. I felt like I wasn't good at anything. Um, I suppose because of my struggles with sexual sin, I had a really hard time like actually building real relationships with people that were that I could be present in. Um, and basically, looking back, I just know that I was very, very far from God. I was, I was just very, um, I was lost. And so, senior year of high school, I suppose those things continued. Um, and then I also was just idolizing all these achievements. So there was a week my senior year of high school where um, I, I wanted to get a big scholarship or get in at a good school. I wanted to go to the state tournament for basketball. Um, and I wanted to play in the golf team for my high school, which I'd played on the last couple of years. And there was a week. So on, I believe it was a Saturday, 
my basketball team lost in the section final, and I was crushed because we didn't make it to the state tournament, and I was, I was very much so idolizing that. The next morning, I got a letter um, saying that I hadn't gotten a scholarship that I had applied for that I was really wanting. Then um, the next week, I went to uh, golf tryouts, and I tried out for the golf team and got cut from the golf team after I'd made the team the last two years. I uh, just played horrible. And then that day, during the round, I'd gotten a couple emails that I looked at when I got home and got uh, denied at a couple of schools that I'd tried to apply for. And oh, so, no, just a real bad yeah, week. Yeah, in a matter of a week, everything that I had been living for was just was just gone. Um, and I wish I could say at that point that immediately I was like, okay, God, I need to turn to you. But I didn't. But I do remember it was kind of through that series of events that I ended up deciding to come to Drake. And then... I remember leading up to coming to Drake, praying, God, please, I, I remember distinctly praying for two things. God, please lead me to uh, a church that that loves you and that preaches your word, and please place older men in my life that will disciple me. Those were the two things I remember very vividly praying for, um, not really even probably knowing what I was asking for, but I remember that was what I was hoping for. Um, so I get to Drake. Uh, and the Saturday of Welcome Weekend at Drake, uh, there's a friend of mine in my FYS that said that she had been reached out to by an older girl at Drake that had invited her to a church. And it was the night of Welcome Weekend. We were supposed to be going to watch a hypnotist, and I didn't have that much desire to go do that. So I said, yeah, I'd go to this church. Um, it was Shannon Herzog that invited uh, this girl in my FYS to church. So shout out to Shannon for that. She's my she's my CF mom, I suppose you could say. <laughs> um but anyway, I went to church that night, and uh, Jeff and Nathan and Donnie came up to me after church and introduced themselves to me and then invited me over to their house, actually the house we're in right now, Big Blue, um, for, it was the night of the Mayweather-McGregor fight. And no I don't know, way. were you there that night? when we... Dude, I was in charge of that party. You were in charge? <laughs> that is awesome. There, there was so many people there, people were like outside like looking in through the windows yes, <laughs> yes i remember i walked so i showed up all they did is uh, i got jeff's phone number and he sent me the address of big blue so i walked up to the front door and um nobody walks in the front door of big blue but i walked up to the front door and knocked on the door and i remember somebody came to the door probably looking at me like who is this um <laughs> the front <door>. yeah <laughs> exactly but anyway went in the front door and met i mean I still, I'm a senior now, and I've never seen that many people in Big Blue at one time as that night, and here I am four years later, but met so many people, and um, met Jacob Vansicle, talked more with Jeff, and Donnie, and Nathan, um, and a number of other people that night, and I remember getting back to my room that night, and thinking to myself, God, you answered, like, you answered the prayers right away, um, and so shortly after that, I started meeting up every week with Jacob and Nathan and Jeff and shout out to all of them because I was very reluctant and very um, prideful and, and flaky. <laughs> uh, they're, they're faithful guys. <laughs> but they were, they, they were very faithful and they um, constantly reached out to me and encouraged me. And um, over the course of that year, uh, for the first time in my life, I understood the depth of my sin. I remember there was a message one night at Walnut Creek that Pastor Dan said, um, 
to the degree that you understand the depths of your sin, the same degree you can understand God's love for you. Um, and I'd never, I don't know, I'd never really thought about that before. Um, and so over the course of that year, God just continued to soften my heart and he changed me. Um, it was not overnight and I still messed up all the time and still mess up all the time now. Um, but he just has continued to change me since. Sophomore year, I grew in a love for God's people and a love for being with his people and being in community. Um, and then last year, I was a Bible study leader for the first time and I grew in a love for God's word um, and and starting to disciple people. And I started to realize the, the mission that we're on. Um, and then this year, God has just continued to use all of those things and taught me so much more about who he is and who he's made me to be. And I just, I can't wait to see what he's going to do with the rest of my life. So That's so great, man. What an encouraging story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and how we're here this year. And, and yeah. It's just been awesome. <laughs> Shout out to you for planning that Mayweather-McGregor party. Cause that... Dude, that fight glitched like right when yep. the action was happening at the end. And so imagine this house full of like 200 people. And like right when there's about to be a knockout, like the the video just stops Cuts out, and we're all sitting there shoulder there's, to shoulder there's a, a groan that the whole neighborhood could hear <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> but that was fun i'm surprised our floors like survived and no one well, like fell through survived might be generous i feel like probably is some bending in different places <laughs> um yeah well, well what about the uh so you said that god answered your prayers by surrounding you like with some older guys like to build into you um what have the relationships where you've been discipled like looked like exactly mm. and how have they like really shaped you or how have they been like like beneficial yeah that, that's a really good question my my freshman year certainly my the three biggest discipling relationships i had were with jacob uh vansicle uh jeff johansson and, and nathan cook and they all of them kind of took on a little bit different ways, but all of them were, were just them consistently challenging me, challenging me to read the Bible and to think about really just where I was at. So with Jacob, every Friday we'd meet up and read the Bible, and he'd answer questions I had, and he just encouraged me. That was the first time, actually, with him that I ever told anybody about my struggles with like sexual sin. Um, so he started to hold me accountable there. With Nathan... He taught me a lot about just how to how to love and serve God's people where he would we we went to Jethro's this was this is kind of fun my Thursdays my freshman year food wise were great because every Thursday for lunch Nathan would we would go to Jethro's um, and get the half price wings and then for dinner every Thursday Jeff would take me to blaze <laughs> oh wow so pretty much every single Thursday of my freshman year I'd go to Jethro's and Blaze for lunch and dinner, and it's funny because now I take a lot of guys to both Jethro's and Blaze. Um, Dude, Jethro's <laughs> half-price wins on Thursdays is like a college student's saving grace. Yes, yes, it I is. can't count the amount of times I've been to that <laughs> Jethro's on Thursday. Yes, that is very true. But yeah, so so with all of them, it was just um, really just me seeing their example and how they were following Christ, and them just teaching me why they were living the way they were. And um, I'm thankful that they were gentle with me because there was probably so much reason for them to just rebuke me and call me out all the time. But they 
they didn't or when they did it was it was they did it softly and gently and um yeah all those guys just had had really big impact in my life is there a like a topic uh about like in the christian life realm that you could just go on and on about like discipleship yeah. or uh, like counseling or something like along those lines. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the big one would be discipleship. Um, especially this year. Um, I'll be curious if any of the younger guys from my Bible study this year, this year listen to this, but um, it's been a really, really cool year for me seeing how God has transformed some of the younger uh, men, especially in my Bible study, but also in the other Bible studies and campus fellowship this year um, where where basically it's it's overwhelming and that I still feel so inadequate, but God uses just time spent with people and, and in his word and talking about who he is, and he uses that um, for people to see who he is. And um, yeah, this, this year especially, I think even within discipleship, the big thing that I've been thinking a lot about lately and talking to a lot of uh, guys about is kind of what I mentioned in my testimony, but just understanding just the weight and the depths of my sin, um, where if I, if I don't realize how sinful I am, then I, I, I will never fully grasp just how much Jesus has done for me. Um, and I just started Jacob at church on Saturday, Jacob Vansicle recommended Overcoming Sin and Temptation by John Owen. And so I just bought that book and I started that, um, I started that, uh, this week. That's and a tough read. <laughs> it's, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm through the preface and half of the first chapter in the week. And so I've got a, I've got a long ways to go, but even in it so far, like the main, um, premise is essentially be killing sin or sin will be killing you, um. And it just it just just goes to stress like the importance of of that I, I I have to choose I cannot follow both God and and love the world or love my sin that I have to choose um, and it is worth it to choose God so yeah that's so good that's so good and I think like some people would think like oh why do you have like such a big focus on your sin mm-hmm. like why do you think about your sin so much? Like, shouldn't you be thinking about like lighter things? Mm. And it's just like, like, well, like the reality is that we need to think a lot about our sin. Yeah. Right. Because without knowing that, yeah, you don't realize how gracious God is. And you're like, yes, we think a lot about our sin, but that drives us Mm -hmm. to think even more about how God is even more gracious than all of our sin. He, his grace is so, overflowing yeah you know we're, we're saved to the uttermost mm-hmm. uttermost and so that's yep. like abundantly like we're overflowingly saved by god's grace like, yeah <laughs> and a, i i think even even in the question of why are you focusing so much on sin it's we we as a people it's like why don't you focus on god's love and that's cons- that's assuming that you can't focus on both in fact in my mind only when I think about my sin can I truly see the depths of God's love. That I would argue in focusing on my sin, I'm focusing on God's love. That I, yes, that I, I wholeheartedly agree that we as God's people should just bask and, and um, thank Him and praise Him and worship Him for His, for His gracious love towards us. But it's in seeing our sin that we're able to 
our sin and the sins of all the people that he has saved that we're able to see just how big that love is so Mm -hmm. well normally i like to ask people for like a book recommendation at the end of the episode i uh this summer i went to a used bookstore and, and i came away with i got this book back here that's like a collection of some of dietrich bonhoeffer yes and some of the guys in the house saw me with that and they're like are you reading Cost of Discipleship? Like, does Trey know that you're reading Cost of Discipleship? <laughs> and I'm like, why would Trey care? Is, is that, that's a, is that, that your book that's recommended? That's a great point. So <laughs> I actually, I listened to, uh, I've listened to a number of your podcasts and I listened to the one on Cheap and Cost of Grace that was a shout out to Bonhoeffer. But I, uh, I got Cost of Discipleship. So I was reading Don't Waste Your Life by John Piper um, right before Thanksgiving. And in Don't Waste Your Life, there's a small um, couple of paragraphs within a chapter where he quotes the cost of discipleship. Um, and I, I'm not—I'm going to butcher the quote, but basically it was um, the, the, along the lines of the only man who has the right to say um, he is covered by God's grace is the one that has given up all to follow Christ. Um, and so anyway, I'm reading that book. And I thought, you know, why not just get The Cost of Discipleship? So I did and started reading it and was just blown away by The Cost of Discipleship. So I, I got the book for a few people and um, was that was my book recommendation. I finished reading it probably a month ago and I would strongly recommend it. It was, it was so good just in seeing, honestly along the lines of what I've been talking about, but just how worth it it is to follow Christ with all of my life and give up anything that I'm struggling with, anything that I desire, anything that I'm seeking to follow Christ. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing I took away from that book is like, if all of this about Jesus is true and Mm. what he's done for me is true, then even just logically, like it makes the most sense that I'm laying down like my entire life for I'm fully on board, like the mission, like, like there's just nothing else that even makes sense. Right. Absolutely. (laughs) He just takes, our reality that that we're living in and, and you know that we kind of form and just like flips it upside down right yeah. yep. <laughs> uh, it, it's not about um, following my own desires all the way down the road it, it's not about my own self-advancement all the way down the road it's not about uh, fulfilling my own happiness all the mm-hmm. way down the road it, it's flipping that over it's upside down yeah. it's about laying my life down it's about serving it's about pouring myself out it's about doing all those things like yeah. that was my biggest takeaway yeah and that and that the only way and the only reason that we can do those things and serving and laying down our life is only by god's grace that he's given us the grace to be able to and in that grace we can worship him all the more for it so amen that's awesome well, just to end the episode here, is there any last thing that you'd like to say? Most of the people listening are college-age students. They're, they love the Lord. They're doing their best um, to follow Him in their college years. Is there any last word of encouragement that you have for them? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, and we mentioned Ben shared his testimony last night at Midweek, but one of the things he said um, was that, he said at the end, he said, be, be willing to give anything up because it's it's worth it um, and he said that that one of the things he's learned is that nobody is too far gone and when he said that last night it resonated with me and that I think back to where I was and 
sure from from an outside perspective maybe I was living somewhat of the Christian life but I was so far gone from from where um from Christ from from being like Christ and um and that can be overwhelming but ultimately it's in that that Christ is glorified and so I guess my my encouragement would just be to keep pursuing and running after Christ um read his word and with it with a desire not just to know about God and about Jesus and about what he did, but to actually know him, that we read his word um, because we're spending time with him and building a relationship with him. Um, and so that would be my biggest encouragement, just spend time with God and and genuinely seek him, um, and he, he will transform your life, I, I guarantee it. Mm-hmm. That's so good, that's so good, that he's like knowable, mm-hmm. he, he's like... He's not a historical figure yeah. that died for me. He's mm-hmm. a person that died for me. Yeah. A and person it's a that I can now. know. Yeah. yeah. Well, awesome, man. That's a good word. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. You're just like a really encouraging person to be around. <laughs> Thank um, you. Thank you. Yeah, so this much. was just great. Thanks for uh, sharing your testimony and everything. Thank you guys who are listening for joining us for episode seven of season two. Uh, see you next time. Thanks to all of you for tuning in to this episode of Toolbox and Testimony. Remember, if you'd like to receive curated content from around the web delivered weekly to your inbox, that means songs, articles, videos, and other resources that I believe will stir up our affection for the Lord Jesus, go check out toolboxandtestimony.com and sign up with your email address. If you found this episode helpful and encouraging, please share it or leave a rating on whatever platform you listen. This will help put the content in front of more eyes, meaning more people will be equipped and encouraged. Thanks again. Until next time, I hope your soul is encouraged and your toolbox is heavier.